everybody. Lovely to see you all today. Um, and we're going to start uh, um, by doing an introduction into the promises of Jesus, the series that we're going to do from April to July this term. Um, so have you ever promised somebody something? Well, there was quite a few promises made yesterday. Um, so I think just uh, on my PowerPoint, I think if somebody could share the first one. Um, so the first promise that um, you perhaps be quite familiar with is when people get married. So um, you promise, you get married, you take a vow and you say, I take you to have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death us do part according to God's holy law. And this is my solemn vow. So we saw Jacob and Stella making that promise yesterday. Or maybe you might have, you know, a promise that's perhaps more familiar. And my mother probably would say this about me and my sister. I promise I won't hit my sister again. <laughs> Obviously, when we were younger. <laughs> and I've just got a, a familiar Simpson picture on the screen there. Um, that again, people may be very familiar with. Another promise that I can remember making when I was younger, um, and this is a kind of a, a badge from the 80s because I was a Brownian guide in the 80s. Um, and I can still remember these words really well. And this is the, the promise that we used to make in the 80s, 1980s. So it's, I think it's been a bit updated now, but I promise that I will do my best to love my God, to serve the queen and my country, to help other people and to keep the Brownie guide law. So some of you might remember promises that you made um, when you were in certain groups or societies or um, sort of hobbies or interests that you've done. And then the final promise, this is a promise that we use all the time, although at the moment, um, hardly any of us perhaps do use it in terms of COVID. I think I've used about, you know, one £10 note in the whole of the year or something ridiculous uh, because everything's sort of um, contactless uh, and, you know, sort of online at the moment. But on every pound note, uh, on every £20, £10, £5 note, it says, I promise to pay the bearer, um, you know, on demand, whatever the note is, five, 10, 20 pounds. So there are promises that are made on those pound notes. So I think personally now, I, I probably feel a bit cautious about making promises because it feels like in general, a promise is, is, is quite hard to keep. I think we're all aware that we've been hurt when people fail to keep their word or have broken their promise to us. And the Bible is filled with the promises of God, about 7,000 to 8,500, depending on what you read on the internet. Um, uh, if we could just hold the PowerPoint for the moment, come back to me, and then we'll, we'll come back to that one in a second. Um, and uh, yeah, so from Genesis to Revelation, we read of people that receive the promises of God. And these promises are sealed by the highest authority, God's word. So what is a promise? A promise is a covenant or declaration that one will do exactly what they say or something will happen just as pledged. And these promises are sealed by the highest authority, God's word. In Hebrews chapter 6 verse 13 it says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself. So when God makes a promise to his people, it will come to pass. 
And why is it so important that we trust God will do what he says he will? Well, if you're going to entrust your present and your future to God, it is important to know that he does keep his promises. Paul is saying that all of God's promises to us have been delivered in Christ Jesus. All we must do is say amen to each promise, to agree with God about it. All of scripture tells us what we can expect God to do on our behalf, what he's done in the past, what he does for us now, and what he will do for us in the future. Psalm 18, one of my favourite sort of promises, is the Lord is my rock, my fortress and my redeemer. Sorry, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. I'll just say that again. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. And one of these characteristics of God is the immutability of God, um, which basically means God doesn't change, the immutability of God. God is unchanging in his character, will and covenant promises. God is a spirit whose being, wisdom, power, justice, holiness, goodness and truth are infinite, eternal and unchangeable. These things do not change. So I felt now I am, you know, at the start of training for ministry, then I really should have a Spurgeon quote in every sermon. Don't worry, there won't be a Spurgeon quote in every sermon. But um, Spurgeon was a great Baptist sort of theologian. And he talks about the immutability of God and says he remains everlastingly the same. There are no furrows on his eternal brow. No age has paralyzed him. No years have marked him with the mementos of their flight. He sees ages past, but with him, with him it is ever now. He is the great I am, the great unchangeable. So over this next series, we're going to have different speakers who are going to concentrate on the promises of Jesus, particularly those that are made in the New Testament, in the Gospels, mostly in, in, in the Gospels, we're going to look at those. And they're inviting us to believe more deeply in who Jesus is. His promises derive from his character. And we will look at some of those promises of Jesus and the context of those passages in the Bible. And we very much believe that an encounter with Jesus is life changing. And focusing on these promises will enable us to withstand the unknowns of life at the moment. And we pray that each of us would grow deeper in understanding of who Jesus is and by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we might live and love others so that they may also know who Jesus is too. So the four um, of VLT are going to share just some little thoughts on this topic as we go through the um, sermon today, as we go through the teaching today. So John's going to start by just sharing a few thoughts on, on promises of Jesus and what that means to him. So I'm going to pass over to John. Good morning, uh, everybody. Yeah, so um, uh, I'm looking forward to this very much um, because it resonates with um, an experience I had two and a half years ago when I, um, through, the, through, through being a member of Chaplaincy Plus, that kind of city centre organisation, they, they arranged um, what they called a retreat into daily life. It was a time when I was really busy at work and just really under, under the cosh. And this uh, retreat in daily life seemed like just the right thing. And, and, and so it proved to be. Uh, it, it was based on the Ignatian uh, pattern of prayer, which is uh, imaginative, reflective and personal. 
And, and with the help of a, um, a guide whom I met every three or four weeks, then uh, we found the promises of Jesus. And each day I committed 15 minutes to sit still uh, and just reflect on certain of Jesus's promises. No reading, no commentaries, no reflection, no writing down, all the things I really love. <laughs> um, I just had to sit and reflect on uh, Jesus's promises. And uh, I was encouraged to um, uh, imagine that Jesus was speaking his promises directly to me. Of course he does, doesn't he? He speaks through his word and the spirit applies into our lives. But in this contemplative 15 or 20 minutes every day, I, I, I had one, one promise to reflect on for two or three weeks. So I kind of uh, reflected on different words, different um, combinations of words, imagining Jesus looking into me and saying his promises to me for these 15 minutes every day. Uh, and I found that to be uh, transformative. It was fantastic because I knew the promises. We, I guess we all know them. They're all familiar. But I'd never um, taken the time to have that imaginative, reflective and personal experience of Jesus's promises speaking uh, deeply in, into my life and my being. So that is what I'm uh, looking forward to as we go through this uh, series together. Bernice. Lovely. Thank you, John. So we're actually going to have a chance to um, just have a, a look at one of those promises um, and kind of what that means to us. And I'm not going to use some of the promises we're obviously going to look at during the series. So I've picked one that is in Revelation um, and uh, really well-known words. Um, uh, you know, in fact, I think they possibly were sung at the funeral of, um, of Prince Philip yesterday. Um, but behold, the dwelling of God is with men. He will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be uh, mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And that's from the NIV version, but um, I'm just going to say, I haven't got it on screen, but I'm just going to uh, repeat that again in the message version. And sometimes, again, as John was saying, when we meditate on God's words, it's sometimes quite good to read different versions of the Bible because different things might come out of the different ways that sort of people have phrased um, those words. So in the message version, it says, look, look, God has moved into the neighborhood, making his home with men and women. They're his people. He's their God. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death is gone for good. Tears gone. Crying gone. Pain gone. All the first order of things gone. The enthroned continued. Look, I am, I'm making everything new. So I just want to give you a couple of minutes, and it will just be a couple of minutes, um, to think about what this means to you exactly, really, as John said, just to dwell in those words, to read those words through, to, to think about what that means for you. Um, and uh, there may be just be a bit of music in the background just playing while we do this just for two minutes. It's not going to be long. And, you know, what do you take from this promise today? Um, and if you want to just jot that down in the chat, 
once we come back, Cara is going to share some thoughts that she's got. But um, if you want to um, jot in the chat, we'll pick up on those as well, if anything particularly speaks to you. But, but don't feel you have to do that. What I want you to do is just dwell on those words for two minutes and see what God says to you through those words today. Um, so I think possibly there'll be a bit of music, but don't worry if not, there just will be a bit of quiet for those two minutes and then I'll, I'll come back in. So thank you for doing that. And I really pray that God has spoken to you through those words. And as I say, if there was anything specific that you sort of thought, yeah, that's really helped me or God's really said this to me, do feel free to put that on the chat. But Cara's just going to share some thoughts on that verse now. Um, so, yeah, if we can just cut to, to back to Cara, that'd be great. Thank you, Denise. Um, can you hear me OK? <laughs> Yes, well, super. Um, so interestingly, I uh, when we BLT were thinking about different promises, um, I uh, sent this one to Denise, and I didn't realise that she was actually going to be uh, talking about it anyway. Um, and just to give a bit of context before I say what it means to me, so eleven years ago, um, I volunteered at a government-run institution for um, disabled children and adults in Thailand, and since we've had lots of different um, doings with them and obviously we went uh, for a bit longer a couple of years ago and um, they 
enter my thoughts daily um, and my prayers. And this verse just really means so much to me. So I'm just going to read out the vision that I've got. Um, it says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And at the start of that um, chapter in Revelation about it saying there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And that promise I, I hold on to that um, the suffering that those children and those adults go through, um, not just in Thailand, there's institutions with disabled children and adults in still all over the world. Um, but the suffering that they go through is unthinkable. Um, but I hold on to this promise from God that there is going to be an end. And it might not be in my lifetime. It might not be in their lifetime. Um, but there will be an end. And every tear that they've gone through will be wiped away. Um, every death that has been at that place uh, will be no more. There'll be no more sorrow or crying or pain. And I just think... That is amazing. And I have to keep coming back to this promise um, because I, I can fade away and think, God, come on. But this promise of holding on to the hope that there will be this day um, is just really important to me. And I just wrote down when um, Bill chose that Waymaker song that even when I don't see that you're working or feel that you're working, you never stop working. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. So if that's where you are at this morning and um, maybe you're feeling like you're going through trials or suffering or you've experienced loved ones um, that you think about going through that, then just holding on to that promise that there will be a day where that will be gone forever. Thanks, Bernice. Lovely. Thank you, Cara. That's brilliant. Thank you. And as we go through the rest of this series, some of the promises will be for everyone. Some may have been originally said to the disciples or the people that Jesus was talking to at the time, but hopefully all will have significance for us in terms of our faith and building our trust in God. And, you know, as Cara alluded to, most of us will probably have had experience of being disappointed by God at one point or another. We trusted him for something that we thought he had promised us but it did not work out as we hoped. So does that mean that God is not fulfilling his promises? I suggest whenever that happens, it's probably us that have somehow been mistaken. And perhaps we fail to understand what that promise means or perhaps applying it in an unhelpful way. And talking this through with a trusted friend may help to identify why you feel that God is not keeping his promises. So we're just going to come, um, Becky and Paul are going to just talk a little bit about uh, some resources, some books that you can read that can talk about um, kind of who Jesus is and uh, the promises that he made and how that applies to the people around them. Um, and so Becky's going to just share her thoughts first and then Paul afterwards. So Becky, over to you. <laughs> Becky, you're on mute. Sorry. There was a reason I was on mute. <laughs> Hopefully she's going to be quiet now. Um, um, yeah, I just want to do a quick pl uh, plug for this book, The Day I, I Met Jesus by Frank Viola and Mary Dimmer. We read this in our small group um, 
the group that Ali and I led um, for a while, Ali still leads with it with help for some others now, but um, probably about two years ago, but it had a really profound effect on me. In fact, it was one of those books that um, you kind of make loads of notes on and then you, you give away, you say, oh, you must read this book. So much so that I've no idea now where this book is because I've clearly lent it to someone. Um, but um, it did have a big effect on me. Um, and I just, um, I just wanted to share, yeah, just a couple of things. Um, I really would recommend it in, well, as we're thinking about the promises of Jesus, because it was a book that helped me to think about Jesus and, and the way that he wants to relate to us in a new way. Mike reminded us last week about the story of uh, the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Um, when they met um, a mysterious stranger who they didn't know was Jesus. And he, he strikes up a conversation with them and he talks to them. And in doing so, as they're talking, he reframes the whole um, narrative of scripture, the whole Old Testament story. He, he stays faithful to scripture, but he helps them to see it um, in a new way. And as an English teacher, I often um, tell my students that there's something powerful about retelling a story about reframing a narrative or looking at it through um, a different lens and this is what this book really did for me and um, what it is is it's um, dramatic retellings of the stories of five women in the bible in diary form um, five women who met Jesus so it includes um, a woman caught in adultery for example and um, the Samaritan woman that Jesus met at the well at the start of uh, John's gospel and it demonstrates in a really powerful way Jesus's promises to bind up the brokenhearted and to seek and save the lost. Um, reading this book really brought familiar stories I guess to life and helped me to see Jesus's unconditional and uh, countercultural love and grace in a new way and I think they just really showed me how incredible Jesus is and just like the women in the stories it made me realize I do want to follow this person because he's amazing and he's incredible and he's like no other person um, and just to finish with a quote that the writers um, given the introduction that I wrote down it says Jesus is a beautiful revolutionary not overturning governments but conquering hearts and making them burn with joy so, yeah, yeah, if you want to kind of see Jesus through new eyes, I would totally recommend this book. And if I lent it to you, <laughs> it's going to have it back. <laughs> Thank you. Lovely. Thank you, Becky. That's brilliant. And Paul's just going to recommend a couple of books. Sorry, juggling and adding spotlights to myself and things like that as I go. <laughs> Uh, Becky, that was brilliant. Uh, it wasn't me that uh, the, the got it, but I, um, uh, I'm planning on getting a copy myself. Um, yeah, I, I, I too would just uh, like to encourage you to, to dig in as we as we start to uh, to look at Jesus. As we, we start to look at the, the, the promises of, of Jesus, kind of like that founding question is, um, who is this Jesus that's the, that's making these these promises? So I'd love to encourage you um, on your journey in continuing uh, of discovering Jesus. Um, two great places uh, to start. Well, three, if you include Becky's one, are uh, these two books, um, uh, The Jesus I Never Knew by Philip Yancey and juggling other books, uh, Simply Jesus by uh, Tom Wright and T. Wright. Um, I love both of these books. Um, uh, Yancey's book starts with him um, talking about uh, the Jesus that he grew up knowing uh, when he was at Sunday school and then the Jesus that he learned about when he went to Bible college and then speaks of 
the Jesus that he later discovered along the journey. Um, so I'm going to read a, a quick quote from the book. Uh, Jesus, I found, uh, bore little resemblance to the Mr. Rogers figures I've met in Sunday school and was remarkably unlike the person I'd studied in Bible college. For one thing, he was far less tame. In my prior image, I realised Jesus's personality matched that of a Star Trek Vulcan. He remained calm, cool, collected, as he strode like a robot amongst the excitable human beings on Spaceship Earth. This is not what I found portrayed in the Gospels and in the better films. Other people affected Jesus deeply. Obstinacy frustrated him. Self-righteousness infuriated him. Simple faith thrilled him. Indeed, he seemed more emotional and spontaneous than the average person, not less. More passionate, not less. The more I studied Jesus, the more difficult it became to pigeonhole him. He said a little about the Roman occupation, the main topic of conversation amongst his countrymen, and yet he took up a whip and, uh, to drive petty profiteers from the Jewish temple. He urged obedience to the Mosaic law while acquiring the reputation as a lawbreaker. He could be stabbed by sympathy for a stranger, yet turn on his best friend with a flinty rebuke, get behind me, Satan. He had uncompromising views on rich men and loose women, yet both enjoyed his company. As Walter Wink has said, if Jesus had never lived, we could not have been able to invent him. Two words one could never think of applying to Jesus of the Gospels is boring and predictable. Great book. Um, in the uh, the newer edition, it actually comes with a study guide. Um, Leslie bought this to uh, work through with, with with one of her team last last year, um, but might be an idea for a, a small group as you go. Uh, the uh, the other book uh, I just fell in love with when I was talking, taking a sabbatical last year. Um, uh, N.T. writes simply Jesus. Uh, the book starts um, with. Uh, uh, Tom Wright telling a story uh, that became the movie A Perfect Storm. Um, it's a story about a fishing boat off the coast of uh, Massachusetts that encountered um, a gale blowing in from the west uh, and a high pressure system uh, developing in the south. Uh, these alone uh, would be enough to um, cause a violent storm for any fisherman, but right in the middle of this arrives a hurricane. Um, the book starts with um, uh, just this grounding um, historical view on Jesus as he talked about the strong gale from the west of the unstoppable force of the uh, the Roman Empire. Um, in Israel, um, it meets this high pressure system of Jewish nationalism, um, quite enough for any storm. But right in the middle of that um, is the hurricane of God's plans through centuries of his kingdom being established on birth and that on, on earth. Um, and that is the perfect storm that Jesus finds himself in the middle of um, in first century Israel. So uh, th these two books have uh, shaped quite a lot of my thinking over the last two years uh, about who, who, who Jesus is. Um, and that along with Becky's recommendation would, um, I, I'd certainly encourage you to dig into one of these um, to just get, give yourself a, a, an ongoing and wider context of who this Jesus is that's making these promises. Brilliant, thank you Paul, much appreciated. Um, 
so we're just going to give you a flavour of the series that's coming up um, over the next term. Um, so uh, John Bradley is going to be starting the series off next week um, in terms of the Matthew 11 uh, promise, come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. Um, then the week after, John Arthur's going to be talking on the promise in John, peace I give to you. Trevor Neal, um, who uh, is a minister down south who spoke in the last term, um, is going to speak on you have the power to bind and release from Matthew. Then the week after, it's actually the Baptist Assembly online and they're going to have a joint service for all ch the churches across the country to join in. So um, we're going to join in with that, which I'm really looking forward to. It'll be a lovely chance to be the Baptist Union family together. Um, and then following that, we've got Dave Ellis, who's one of the regional ministers from Heber. Um, he's going to speak on John 14. John prepares a place in heaven for us. Neil Atterwell will be speaking on, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. Tim Ferguson will speak on, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And then we will have an all-age service on the John 10.10 promise. I've come to give you life in all its fullness. Then there are four more promises which I've um, uh, asked people to do. I just haven't heard back in terms of confirmation of that, but um, we'll have a few other sort of speakers on the last four. And surely I'm with you uh, always to the very end of the age. Our lives will bear fruit through him. Nothing is impossible with Jesus. And I tell you the truth, anyone who believes has eternal life. And then the final one, we're hoping to do a taster service again. Um, it just seemed like such a good promise to, to lend itself to that, which is the very famous um, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And that will take us up to the summer holidays. So these promises are incredibly important for us um, because I think they keep us grounded and give us hope in troubled times. So each week, I suggest that you save that particular promise for that week um, onto your phone or write it in your diary, on, you know, at the, the top of the page for the week. Stick it on your PC, on a, a post-it note and use that to meditate on for that particular week. Um, and we pray that God would speak to you through that promise um, and would, you know, say something that just fits for you and your context in that week. So um, I'm just going to pray and then put, uh, Bill's going to uh, kind of just uh, enable us to pray more uh, following that. But let me just pray for us over the next series. So, Lord, we just thank you that we can rest on your promises um, and that you are immutable, that you are never changing. And I pray for this series. I pray that it would help embed these promises into our hearts and minds. And I pray that we would be able to know you more and trust in you more deeply uh, because of these promises that you have that never change. So Lord, I pray you just bless us and bless all those that are gonna speak in this series over this next term. We ask this in your name, amen.